welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey at White, and Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Double Twist, and I'm sure other RSS feeds out there. So, well, there's one RSS feed leading to other applications, this and that. Uh, oh, hum. Well, the Minnesota Vikings played the Chicago Bears to wrap up the regular season for like the 99th time ever, it seems like, but which is fine. Sometimes it's an entertaining game. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's depressing. A lot of times it's not been so exciting. The last couple of years, though, a few years ago, Vikings finished 13-3. and That felt pretty good. Uh, just barely getting past a pretty tough Bears defense that was clearly on the uptrend uh, <laughs> last year. The uptrend was at its peak, at least for now. Unfortunately, that year may have been a head fake. Uh, Matt Nagy and co. Khalil Mack kicking some butt and frustrating Kirk Cousins. Adam Thielen and such. Minnesota knocked out of the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Well, Minnesota cannot possibly be knocked out of the playoffs, at least today. Next week, yeah, anything goes. You're knocked, you, you lose, you're out, blah, blah, blah. We all know the NFL rules. It's one and done, like college basketball, college hockey, tournaments, blah, blah, blah. You're in and out. This and that. Miracles happen. Uh, heartbreak happens. We've seen it all. We've seen miracles. We've seen heartbreak. And, um, well, it just continues. The disappointing thing is a certain team did finish uh, barely, did, did finish 13-3 and today in the NFC North. It was not the Minnesota Vikings. It's the Green Bay Packers. So we will not be playing the Green Bay Packers. They've been eliminated from uh, contention of playing the Vikings in the first round anyway. If the Vikings are able to get a road win, we'll see what happens. They will be the number one or number two seed, depending on what takes place. With the uh, <laughs> with the San Francisco Seattle game tonight, that game determines who the Minnesota Vikings will play next week. As for today, the Minnesota Vikings. Well, I picked them to finish nine and seven, ten and six. I actually picked them to finish ten and six, eleven and five. So at the end of the day, I guess they kind of sort of didn't disappoint, even though it still sucks losing both games, especially last week. Minnesota does lose twenty-one to nineteen. In a preseason, well, it was a fifth preseason game, basically, which does happen sometimes. Chicago finishes 8-8, eight eight, Minnesota 10-6, second place, and Detroit rides the pine 3-11-1 on the season, and they hand Green Bay their 3-12-1, uh, pardon me, and they hand Green Bay the NFC North Championship. Obviously, that was already there, but first round by on a 13-3 record, so we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll get their butts kicked, but again, 21-19 today. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yes, no, maybe. So uh, eleven and five would have looked prettier. This and that. Uh, stopping Mitchell Trubisky on some of those third down plays would have been nice. Converting a fourth down would have been nice. No, Vikings are actually decent in those generally. But I don't know. Boy, oh boy, you, boy, oh boy, do you see a drop off in uh, special skills when it comes to uh, Kirk Cousins to Sean Manning? There's a big drop off. It's just unfortunate. We're kind of stuck in the trap or stuck in the middle here in a lot of ways. Fifth or sixth seeds rarely do a whole lot in the postseason, though. On occasion, it's the Denver Broncos were the fifth seed. Everybody knew they were, like, the best team in the AFC back in 97, and they went all the way and won the Super Bowl. I mean, everybody knew it. Like, oh, Kansas City, oh, they're so scary. Yeah, sure they are. Denver took care of business pretty nicely there against Elvis Gerbach. Ooh, they should have left Rich Gannon in there. But they didn't. And, well, <laughs> that's why Martin Schottenheimer isn't a good coach. Uh, good regular season coach, but he screws up in the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. Loved Martin Schott, Marty Schottenheimer. Seemed like a hell of a coach, but again, <laughs> it is what it is. We'll see what happens with Andy Reid and co. This and that. I'm almost kind of jumping into the second segment here without even meaning to. This game was, well, you know, it just was what it was. It was like a preseason game. Uh, Laquan Treadwell was targeted twice. Nothing there. 
there's not a whole lot to say. Yeah, honestly, I'm happy for Alexander Hollins. He got his first career catches. Too bad he couldn't get in the end zone on one of those, uh, one of those type of deals. Mike Boone fumbling the uh, exchange with Sean Mannion after a nice, huge gain to open up the game. Had us all excited. And then, ah, boy, and then uh, tips the ball up. Basically, you could call it an unearned interception for Sean Mannion as well. So Sean Mannion winds up with two turnovers that were both Mike Boone's fault. Go figure. So Mike Boone, the Fran Tarkington Award should be yours, but I, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know. It, it might be just by default, but have a big giant asterisk next to it and a big blob of of ink all over that that beautiful purple jersey you wore today with those 148 yards. There's a lot of ink stained all over that thing with two bleeping turnovers that, unfortunately, you gave to uh, Sean Mannion today, Mike Boone. So, that's cute. Sean Mannion, there is nothing special at all. I don't see a, I don't see much of an arm. I don't see much of anything. As frustrated as we are with Kirk Cousins, and boy, oh boy, I understand your frustration. There is a special skill there that he has. He has an arm. He has this. He has that. Sean Mannion does not have much of an arm. The accuracy was, whew, yeah, he's not accurate at all. When you see starting quarterbacks in the NFL and that special skill with the, with the arm and the accuracy, this and that, and occasionally the frickin' mobility, which you'd like to see more out of out of Kirk Cousins, but it's just, you know, it's very limited in that sense. But he can still get rid of the ball quickly sometimes. At least the release is quick. Not the mental part, but the physical part is good. Physically, Kirk Cousins is a hell of a quarterback. Mentally, Kirk Cousins is in the middle somewhere at best. Uh, it's unfortunate. You see the special skills, but... Unfortunately, it is what it is, and that's why a lot of us today are just kind of like, ho-hum, yeah, we're 10-6, and six. we made the playoffs, you know, like we've made the playoffs 100,000 times in franchise history, which is good. I know, we're one of the we're one of the best teams in NFL history in terms of playoff appearances, but our road record in the last, what, 16 appearances, 2-14 and 14 in the playoffs, 2-14, and 14, that's not going to get it done. It's not going to get it done. Uh, our last road win in the postseason was against the Green Bay Packers, 8-8 eight eight Vikings beat a NFC North champion Green Bay Packers 9-7 and seven team a couple years I mean years ago right after uh, well this was after Moongate or whatever you want to call it where uh, you know Randy Moss was pretending to moon the crowd and uh, Joe Buck gave his speech about how uh, how terrible and disgusting it was and Minnesota Viking fans were all pissed off at Joe Buck and still are me I don't care whatever uh, I don't care either way. I wasn't offended by what Randy Moss did. I wasn't offended by what Joe Buck said. It's just a memory. That's all it is. And Vikings actually beat the Packers in a playoff game, which was cool, but then got destroyed by Philadelphia the next week. <sighs> I mean, it, it, whatever. Would have been fun to play Green Bay in the playoffs again, but I kind of think it would have been similar to 2012. I kind of do. Because how did Kirk Cousins play against Green Bay? in the two times this season, it wasn't good. So it just kind of is what it is. I'm not too thrilled about playing Green Bay. I'm not devastated. I'm not thrilled. I I don't know what to say. I, I don't feel a playoff run. Do you feel it out there? Do you feel a playoff run from this team? I don't feel it. So maybe, maybe this is, maybe this is the year then, right? Right? Right when you least expect it, the miracles happen. Well, we'll see. Dan Bailey looks beautiful, looks accurate, looks like an NFL kicker, obviously, and he has been for quite a while. Had a hell of a season, I thought, Dan Bailey. A couple of meh games here and there, but generally speaking, I'd like to see Dan Bailey back for the Minnesota Vikings next season. Amir Abdullah's got that burst of speed, and you saw that on occasion today. You saw that whenever he got the ball, generally speaking. At least he hung on to it, unlike a certain other guy who we thought could, who's definitely got physical skills. Mike Boone does. It's just, I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm sick of seeing running backs fumble. I mean, we've we've been through that quite a bit. 
2009, 10 years ago. I mean, hello. I think the memory's still stuck on our mind, most of us that are at least, let's just say we're at least in our early, mid to early 20s. But me, I'm already 40, so I've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen, I saw 98. I was already out of high school. Not long out of high school, we'll leave it at that. Just barely out of high school, but out of high school in 98. And we saw the crap happen there. I go back to 87, the dropped uh, pass that wasn't a very accurate one from Wade Wilson. So, But that was the last time the Minnesota Vikings made a road playoff uh, run. Of course, you defeat the uh, New Orleans Saints, which would be beautiful if the Vikings were able to do that. We defeated the San Francisco 49ers and then got heartbroken by the bleeping frickin' Washington Redskins, who I'll hate forever. Ever since that game. I mean, screw the Redskins. Obviously, they were, good. They were a great team, and they won the Super Bowl. They had the Hogs in the offensive line. You had... Uh, I don't even want to go with Doug Williams, all these good players. Obviously, Daryl Green was a legend. I mean, a guy who could keep up with Randy Bleepin' Moss, uh, you know, as, as a rookie when he was at his maximum speed, because, you know, when you're really young, that's when your speed's there. He kept up with Randy Bleepin' Moss in the Metrodome during that 98 season, and he was like 38. So, I mean, Daryl Green's the greatest cornerback ever, as far as I'm concerned. In, anybody that age that can keep up with Randy Bleepin' Moss is doing something right. He did a hell of a job, man. I mean, I still bring that up every now and then because it was that impressive. Uh, I love Odenigbo. Iafeni Odenigbo. Fedi Odenigbo. Of course, I always think he might, I mean, obviously, well, in my, it sounds like a Nigerian name. I always thought he was. He probably is, but not, but he was born in, uh, but, but he's from Illinois. So it is what it is. Just reason. I always thought that, but. Obviously, he's he's becoming a heck of a player, isn't he? After being kind of a journeyman seventh round pick with Minnesota, with Cleveland and Arizona, back to Minnesota now, he's been awesome this year. He almost had a fumble six, but he ended up, I guess, having his knee down and touched by an opponent. So that unfortunately ended up being a field goal once again because Minnesota went three and out, which is what we want to do these days. Um, of course, Kirk Cousins was the quarterback, so you can't get too pissed. But at the same time, it was extremely frustrating to say the least. It, it really was. But it is what it is. It's just, you know, sometimes that's just how it goes. This game, you couldn't get too excited. Sean Mannion, I had very little confidence you are going to get a whole lot going on out there. Very little sample size from him, and then we finally saw a significant sample size. He played a whole game today, and eh, there's not much there. I think, I think... <laughs> If he's your quarterback, I don't know. I, I don't know if he can win you a game unless it's like against a terrible team. I mean, heck, Tom Brady couldn't beat Miami today, but he's always struggled against Miami for some reason. Oof, Tom Brady, Miami again, foreshadowing the segment number two, which will be a, a bit of a wild card playoff preview. I'll probably just read off some scores, look at the standings a bit, and then say let's talk about the postseason because that's mostly what it's got to be. And I'll give out my little uh, predictions here: who's going to win it all, who's going to advance. It's what it's going to be. So that would explain the later release of the show given that. Uh, obviously, this first segment's being recorded significantly earlier than the rest of it, of course, because at this moment where I'm recording, Minnesota Vikings, do not we do not know who we're playing at this second, but it's between uh, Seattle and New Orleans, which I think either way is an extremely tough matchup. And I do not trust Kirk Cousins. I don't. Uh, plain and simple, I don't. I hope I'm wrong. Chicago, we'll see what happens with Matt Nagy, this and that. I don't think they're on the verge of letting him go. The confidence he showed in Mitchell Trubisky, that's nice. Obviously, a, you know, on a, on a big play that ended up costing us the game. If the Minnesota Vikings get the stop, the Minnesota Vikings, there's a chance we win the game there. Or at least get the ball back, maybe with a chance to win the game, get in field goal range for Dan Bailey, because we would have had a good minute and a half to do it. Instead, it was literally just a kickoff, and the clock 
was going to run out. That's what happened because you, when Chicago was able to move the chains on a fairly gutsy passing play, uh, a third and two, fairly gutsy play there, the uh, <laughs> Chicago Bears, Mitchell Zerbisi, able to complete the play. And uh, that was pretty much the ball game there because you knew that uh, the kicker was going to make it. Obviously, he's had a heck of a season. He nailed that sucker. Um, all respect to him, Panero. They could have sure used him last year, and I know we could just say that till the cows come home, but that's that's just that's sports for you. I mean, you get the better kicker the next year, but you're 8-8. Eight eight. It doesn't matter for a hill of beans, you know? The year when you need the great kicker, nothing happens. Uh, Buffalo Buffalo Bills, we talk about it a million times. Northcutt misses a misses a, a kick. You know, not the easiest kick in the world, but he missed it. They go in the first round the next year. Sure, the Bills get back to the Super Bowl, but there was it was never a game. It was a freaking blowout from, from the word go. So it was just, meh, you know, it didn't matter a whole lot. Well, no, that was a Washington game, but still, it was not a good game. I was thinking about Dallas for some reason. Still not a good game. Washington was clearly uh, way ahead of everybody else. And the Redskins, since that day, since they played in the Metrodome, I still don't like that team. Ugh, God, I still don't like them. Um, we're able to pretty easily beat the Buffalo Bills in that one. Good, strong defense, good running game, and somebody called Mark Ripien was able to be more than good enough to help the Redskins win that one. Mark Ripien, what the hell? <laughs> uh, where do you go? Uh, Anderson Day, who got a lot of burn out there, a lot of snaps. He was adequate, I guess. I don't know. The Vikings' defense was not that great. It was obviously mostly backups, I know. And some of them did well, some of them didn't. There were some penalties that would frustrate you. Jalil Johnson got banged up a little bit. Chiron Curse was solid when he was out there. Steven Weatherly probably the, was probably the best of all these backup guys. He's outstanding. I love what he brings. I think he's a full-time type of player in this league. Kendall Brothers has moments. He doesn't have moments. He got a lot of tackles. Good, good on him. There were a couple of good moments there when the Vikings were able to stop the Bears and keep them down a bit. But uh, it seemed like when push came to shove, though, the Vikings' run defense let them down time and time again, especially on Montgomery's touchdown and during that entire drive where the Bears just ran it right through the gut over and over and over and over and over. And there was just no stopping the Bears in those plays. It was ridiculous. They just ran over us time and time again. Montgomery wound up with 113 and a touchdown on the ground. Again, Mike Boone, 148 yards. And he had a receiving touchdown in the game. No, no, he, he ran it in up the cut, put the Vikings ahead, but ultimately the um, Vikings would end up not winning the game anyway. Um, did not put the Vikings ahead, actually. Pardon me. Got the Vikings within, <laughs> got the Vikings <laughs> within two at the time. Oh, but then he had the fumble six. Thought we were probably going to win the game. And then, yeah. And then, of course, he got the, the fact that it wasn't a fumble six. What an Igbo was on the ground. There's not a whole lot else to say. I don't even know why I'm even reviewing parts of the game. It's like, eh, it, it was okay. You see encouraging moments. Odin Igbo, I love him. I think he has a uh, nice future in this league, be it a backup, a starter, rotation guy on the defensive line. He's a nice player, and hope the Vikings can keep him for a long time. I think he deserves to be in this league, and will be a great help to Minnesota for years to come, because he was drafted just a couple of years ago, so quite a future ahead of him still. Oh boy, oh boy. I think the Vikings need uh overhaul at the quarterback position long term. Obviously, two years from now, I don't want to see Mannion or Kirk Cousins anywhere near this team at the end of the day. That's just my humble opinion. Kirk Cousins is going to put up the numbers in the regular season. He's going to put up the numbers against bad teams. And of course, well, of course, you got to beat the bad teams. I mean, if you don't beat the bad teams, how the hell can you beat the good teams? Just like go for football. I get all that, but at the same time, 
if you can't beat the good teams sometimes, you're never gonna you're never gonna win a championship. You're never even gonna advance in the playoffs. I mean, you gotta win on the road against a good team to even advance to the next round. That's not guaranteeing anything in the round after that because you're gonna play an even better team more than likely. You know, obviously the team ahead of them is well, they're there. They have a first round bye for a reason. Whatever it is, be it uh, Green Bay's got the combination. It's a complete balance of obviously a quarterback who's not in his prime anymore, but he can he completes those passes on third down like nobody else. Uh, a running game that's pretty pretty tough. Uh, front seven that's outstanding in Green Bay, and well, it is what it is. I mean, I don't know. It's a it's a balanced attack, and their kicker makes everything. Their kicker makes everything. Coach is young. He's he's got his, he's got some uh, you know. He's got a future in the league, Lafleur, and he's well. He's two and zero against us, so we we can't take that away from him, can we? Oh Lord! Well, Fran Turkington Award for this show—I don't even know. I mean, I guess it's Mike Boone, but frickin' hang on to the frickin' bowl. He did have some good moments after the fumbles. He was respectable out there. I want to give it to Odin Igbo. I just love what he did out there. You know, it should go to Mike Boone. He's going to get an honorable mention, but the fumbles killed him. And you can go ahead and get your 148, but if you're going to fumble, I don't know, man. I mean, that could that could really kill us. Why are you fumbling in these golden opportunities when you could get in the end zone? Instead, you're just going the ball right back to the other team. It's kind of like a glorified punt at the end of the day. That's what it ended up being after a nice 59-yard yard scamper to open up the game. And, of course, you screw over your teammate because the, the, the fumble goes to him and the interception goes to him. Of course, John Manning, his second interception was on the final play of the game. Hail Mary, blah, blah, blah. So that's where that took place. Um, again, Fran Targeting Award. I want to give it to Odin Igbo. And again, honorable mention to Mike Boone. In fact, they, they could share it just to be nice. But I uh, love what Odin Igbo brings to Minnesota. And uh, I like his future. The, what do we even call it? The Christian Potter Memorial in this game. I don't know. Just the run defense was frustrating. At times, some of those plays during that run, the run defense, I don't really want to point fingers at anybody right now going into the postseason because there wasn't anybody that was that awful. Sean Manning wasn't that great. And I don't know, there's nothing to be angry about because the game meant absolutely nothing. It was a glorified preseason game. You, know, it, you still have to pay full price for the tickets. You still get you know to be on the major television networks and all that good stuff. So again, that's why it was a glorified preseason game, and it counted as a it counted on your win loss record. You can uh, paint that little prettier eleven and five record, or settle for that mediocre ten and six record, which I don't know, mediocre to above average record, or very mediocre in Chicago's case, avoiding a seven and nine, which would have been a really disappointing, which uh, is already disappointing in in itself. So we'll see what happens with Nagy, Trubisky. We'll see what happens at the end of the day with those two teams. I guess uh, with, with those two, with those two men leading that organization in the uh, in the uh, not too distant future here, we'll see what happens. But uh, it looks like those guys are going to be the leaders going into next season on the offensive side, anyway. <laughs> this and that. Nagy's obviously, you know, we we know what he's all about. Um, yeah, I mean, with that. That's about all there is to say. Thank God that we didn't have any major injuries. Some guys banged up a bit. You're praying to God there's nothing super serious heading into the uh, uh, heading into next week. I mean, just poor tackling on some of those uh, some of those screen passes and just uh, the the general running plays as well. Some of the poor tackling and just getting beat just getting beat on those moves. Uh, this and that. Holton Hill missed a sure tackle. This and that. You could go on and on. But I mean, Holton Hills Holton Hills. You know. He, you're hoping versus some of that pass coverage as well. 
Um, it is what it is there. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the, the wild card weekend and, of course, some of that final standings, this and that, in segment number two. We are back here on Purple Mafia. Time to look across the NFL, but more so preview the wild card and the postseason and all that good stuff. Well, yes, you're noticing the show's being released on Monday morning, and it's uh, the snowflakes are flying right now. The, they're flurrying around, per se. Nothing crazy yet, hoping for the, the best here in the Twin Cities area. Not sure if you're getting snow in Iowa and other, uh, other closed states here in the five-state region, we'll call it. But, uh, yeah, the wild card is set. The Minnesota Vikings will be playing the New Orleans Saints. Because the San Francisco 49ers were able to hold on barely against the Seattle Seahawks. A couple of moments, maybe a possible uh, possible hold defensively in the end zone. That could have gone against San Francisco. Similar to what happened with Atlanta in the uh, NFC title game years ago. Tony Gonzalez's last chance to get to the Super Bowl, unfortunately for him. It is what it is. And, uh, well, I was cheering for the San Francisco 49ers just because, I don't know, I'd rather see them have the number one seed than, say, Green Bay or... You know, I mean, I and, and it seems like we never beat Seattle ever, ever over there, even though Seattle's probably a more beatable opponent than the New Orleans Saints are right now. I don't know what to say. Uh, history's on the Viking side, general history, like going all the way back to into the old days. Minnesota's 3-1 and one in playoff history versus New Orleans. This is the fifth meeting between these two teams in the postseason, if you can believe that. But, uh, you know, dating back to the wonderful 87 playoff run. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean... Recent history is definitely on New Orleans side here, especially like current state of affairs, so to speak, is highly on the New Orleans Saints side. They finished thirteen and three, yet still don't even get a first round bye because lots of depth here in the NFC. That's for sure. Probably should have been San Francisco, New Orleans getting the bye instead of Green Bay, but I guess Green Bay earned it at the end of the day. We'll look at some of the other teams. We could look at the overall general standings as well. Might as well just for the fun of it. This and that. Tampa Bay, uh, <laughs> Jameis Winston threw his 30th interception, so he's one of the rare 30-30 players. In fact, I think he's the first ever. Uh, New England could not beat Miami at home. I don't understand that, but it is what it is there. I mean, what are you going to do? New Orleans, next week's opponent, destroyed the Carolina Panthers big time, 42-10. Uh, to 10. And Ron Rivera, obviously long gone. It looks like talk is that he will be the head coach of the Washington Redskins. As we can kind of look at the coaching carousel as well here in segment number two. As again, it's kind of all around the league. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, Vince Germano celebrate as uh, Hank McCoy might say. He might say something like this. <laughs> Joey. Happy <Enjoy>. days. <laughs> yes, happy days. Uh, I understand you fully there. It didn't work out at all. And well, hopefully they can get somebody better. Maybe it's going to be Mike McCarthy. Uh, I said Mike McCarthy going to the Packers last week accidentally. No, I meant the Panthers, so not sure what happened there with myself. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, Mike Bieniemy is possibly a candidate out there. Uh, yes, it looks like Mike Bieniemy uh, is uh, a possibility to be coaching the Panthers at some point. Um, yeah, and I don't know why I just called him Mike. It's Eric Bieniemy. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm going crazy. Of course, he was a Minnesota Vikings running back coach in the past. 
And some people might say, you know, well, he was involved in the delay of game, the infamous uh, 12 men on the field situation for the Minnesota Vikings. It was funny to see Seattle just kind of unravel after their miracle drive to the to the end. As obviously they had a drive right before that to get within five points. Eric behind me. I don't know why I said Mike, but I'm just going crazy with all these different coaches. Mike McCarthy, Mike this, and Doug Marone's on the hot seat for the Jaguars. Of course, Jason Garrett, hot seat for the Dallas Cowboys, and there's rumors swirling about the, the Dallas Cowboys might offer their 17th pick in the draft for uh, <clears throat> Mike Zimmer. Okay, well, that's interesting. Haven't seen one of those uh, head coaching trades in a very long time. Of course, the Vikings would not receive Jason Garrett in return. It'd be the draft pick. Um, but it sounds like Ron Rivera is going to be the head coach of the Washington Redskins. So, okay. So they're going to the off uh, the defensive side again. Mike McCarthy's a possibility for the Panthers. Josh McDaniels. And again, Biannimi. Matt Rule. Matt Rules. He just rules, doesn't he? Yeah, Ron Rivera most likely going to the Redskins, as I said three times already. Uh, Detroit. It sounds like they're going to keep him. Uh, keep Matt Patricia. We'll see what happens there, I guess. Uh, Dan Quinn. I'm not sure. Uh... It seems like he's going to be okay, I guess. I guess. Uh, they played so much better, did the Atlanta Falcons, later in the season. But it's like, it was too little too late, though. The season was already over. I mean, hot seat is hot seat. I guess. Maybe they just really want him there. Because if they didn't, they probably would have lost more games than they did. But also, Atlanta's so damn good. You know, there's so much freaking talent on Atlanta. You'd think there'd be a little bit uh, better season to get going in the first place. Maybe they could have possibly competed with... The Saints, maybe at least like finish second, like ten and six, kind of like the Vikings. Yeah, ten and six. <laughs> yep, uh, Green Bay, Detroit. That was what it was. Detroit had the Packers on the ropes. They should have beat them, and they just didn't. We'll come back to that in a second. But I mostly want to look at the Wild Card Weekend because it's gonna. Otherwise, this show is gonna be like three hours long, going back and forth with uh, all the games that are already in the past now. And uh, obviously, they're in the past, and it's good to look at them, but. Most of these teams are eliminated. Like, Detroit's not relevant right now as we go into January football. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't, and this year they're not relevant. Miami's obviously not relevant, but New England, well, that game's relevant in terms of New England's going to be the third seed in the NFC, uh, AFC, pardon me. I don't know, boy, when's the last time that happened? It's been a while. They're almost always getting a first round by. Baltimore and KC, Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs will get a first round by as that uh, victory by the Kansas City Chiefs earlier in the season proved extremely <laughs> relevant, extremely valuable, and extremely damning for the New England Patriots to cost them a first-round pie. Because for some reason, Tom Brady and the Patriots always struggle against the Miami Dolphins. It's a known fact. If you watch football for a two-year span, you'll probably notice that the Dolphins knocked out the New England Patriots at some point. And it just is what it is. I mean, <laughs> it really is. It'd be kind of crazy. Uh, Baltimore used to knock the Patriots out of the playoffs, and they probably would have this year. <laughs> but, well, they still might, depending on how things go. We'll see what happens. Obviously, if the Patriots win, they're heading straight to KC for a rematch. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots win that game. Just because I know KC's history and I know uh, New England's history. And it is what it is. We'll move on again. The Chiefs beat up on the Chargers. Chargers finished 5-11. Can you believe that crap? 5-11? That is some bleep. New England, of course, wins the AFC East 12-4. Buffalo 10-6. New York Jets 7-9. Miami Dolphins 5-11. and 11. The Dolphins won five games this year. It's kind of funny considering how bad they were for so long, like 0-9. Since he finishes 2-14 and in the AFC North, they will get the number one pick in the NFL draft. Cleveland, so I'm going bottom up this time, 6-10. and 10. They, Gosh, a lot of us had them winning the AFC North. Whew. Only eight games behind the Baltimore Ravens, that's all. Their former counterparts, so to speak. Baltimore Ravens plus 249, which is an NFL best. They've won 12 games in a row, and 
Well, they got to get to, what, 15 in a row to be world champions. Because, obviously, you can't lose a game. It's all over. Pittsburgh finishes 8-8, eight and eight despite, like, I don't know who the heck their quarterback is. Mason Rudolph, Hodges. What the hell? Uh, 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 Tommy Maddox? Uh, <laughs> Neil O'Donnell? I, I don't know. I don't know who the Pittsburgh quarterback is. I don't know. Oh, that, that Roethlisberger guy who didn't play most of the year? Yeah, that guy. You know, the old uh, the biker, the biker behemoth, the behemoth biker. 14-2 and two Baltimore Ravens. Again, best team in the league right now. Houston, a de facto AFC South champion. What a lame division this kind of was. Jacksonville, 6-10. and 10. New, uh, Indianapolis, 7-9. and nine. Tennessee had the best uh, plus-minus in the division. I think they're the best team in the division. It's too bad. But, uh, well, they got the job done when it mattered, right? They, they certainly did to the Tennessee Titans, the Tennessee Titans. It's just they had a couple of crappy losses along the way. But I could imagine that being like a wild-card game. 35-14 in Houston, Tennessee winning. I could imagine that uh, if things took place, that Tennessee would beat Houston in a playoff game. But unfortunately, they get to play the New England Patriots in Foxborough next week. Uh, Gillette Stadium, all that good stuff. The Jets. The Jets beat Buffalo in the final game of the season, but I think we know why. Buffalo was cemented in their one in their spot, so it didn't matter. It was like a preseason game again. Good season by Buffalo. Too bad they didn't finish like 12-4, 11-5, but... We'll see what happens. Buffalo, at least they don't have to play the Patriots in the first round. We'll get back to that very shortly. Kansas City, despite some midseason struggles and the injury to Patrick Mahomes and blah, 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 they went six games in a row to wrap things up with Patrick in charge. And they finished 12 and 4. Very respectable record, considering, again, a very tough go after barely beating Detroit very early in the season to go 3 and 0. It got pretty rough for them for a while there. Denver, after sucking hard for so long, Ended up finishing pretty respectable 7-9, and nine, and they have the quarterback of the future. Most likely, their defense is still excellent, and we'll see. The Las Vegas Raiders are, gone, are now the Las Vegas Raiders because Oakland is no more. They finished 7-9 and nine after a weird up-and-down, God-knows-what-the-hell-is-going-on season. And a team that's even weirder, uh, this former San Diego Superchargers, the Los Angeles Sucky Chargers, 5-11, and 11, with a quarterback that I agree with... Uh, Jeff Dubay, he's just a lovable loser, so to speak. And I don't even know if he's lovable because he makes an ass of himself. Uh, great numbers. Dan Marino like numbers sometimes, but he ain't Dan Marino, obviously. He can be an ass like Dan Marino. Dan Marino is one of the most difficult quarterbacks to play with in NFL history. Uh, you know, kind of <laughs> just imagine playing with a guy and every time you don't make the perfect play, you don't run the perfect route, he's going to scream at you. He's not going to yell at you. He's going to scream at you. Uh, so that's why Dan Marino had trouble getting good receivers in Miami because nobody wanted to play with the son of a, you know, fill in the blank. Um, crazy. That's a, you know how weird the LA short circuits are? They're, they're, they're not the Chargers, they're the short circuits. They short circuited all right. 5 and 11 record, yet their plus minus, they were only minus 8 for the whole season. I mean, that's weird. That's how good they are in terms of talent. But the record shows the execution, the, the the execution at the end of the day. Old Chuck and Duck, Mr. Uh, oh, God, what a, what a bum. <laughs> I don't even want to say his name anymore. Philip Rivers. The Seagulls, the Philadelphia Seagulls end up beating the, uh, God, the, the Dallas Bum Boys. I don't even know. The Dallas Cowboys, what the hell? They don't beat them. Dallas Cowboys had a great final game, but it didn't matter. They, they scored 44 points. Philadelphia looked like they might lose to the Jets. Next thing you know, they're destroying the Jets. Jets start making mistakes. Philadelphia starts Philadelphiaing, I guess. They start having their little late-season magic, and they crush the Giants, and Pat Shermer's gone now. That's another one, of course, who's been fired. 
Doug Marone, maybe his last game with the Jacksonville Jaguars, 38-20 to over the, over the Colts. The Colts. Again, Baltimore finishing things out with RG3 at quarterback against a hapless, mediocre, yucky Pittsburgh team. Pittsburgh finishing 8-8 eight and eight is about what I, you know, it's about it. It's about what a lot of us probably expected this year. But uh, some respectable games along the way that made us believe maybe they could go 10-6. and six. But I don't, I don't care. Hell with the Steelers. <laughs> six is enough. Five ain't enough, but six is enough, Pittsburgh. No more. Uh, wouldn't mind seeing New England win number seven just to push Pittsburgh down. That would be kind of my reasoning there. <laughs> Maybe they will. We'll see. Philadelphia Seagulls end up going nine and seven. They, they're not the Eagles. They're the Seagulls. They can't fly that high right now, and they're not going to last that long. At least I don't think so. They did win four in a row, though. Very respectable finish after a terrible uh, run there. I mean, they were five and seven. I mean, who on this planet thought Philadelphia was going to actually make the playoffs this year, even though their division sucked? We thought Dallas had finished with their nine and seven, ten and six, but Dallas just sucked so bad that it didn't matter. Uh, they score points, but the execution is poor. The coaching stunk, as it has most of the time. God bless Jason Garrett. Looks like the nicest guy on the planet, but he also uh, he's not a head coach. He's a freaking coordinator or a quarterback coach. I don't know, man. Uh, Philadelphia is what they are. I don't. <laughs> I like Doug Peterson, and I don't like Doug Peterson. I like. His ability, his, I, I respect what he can do. I don't like the arrogance. I don't. The arrogance is obvious. Duh. You know, I mean, anybody can see it. But, well, they won the division, 9-7, and seven, and they're going to host a wild card game. We'll get back to that in a minute. The, the New York Giants were uh, the New York Midgets. No disrespect to short people, but 4-12 uh, and 12 is not going to cut it. Unfortunately, poor Pat Shermer. He's on his way out. Could make a hell of an offensive coordinator for whoever. Maybe the Vikings again, depending on what happens here. Maybe Dallas Cowboys end up getting Mike Zimmer. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Washington Deadskins are dead, all right. 3-13. and 13. Whew. Awful finish to the season and awful season. Ron Rivera, the work's cut out for him, but uh, there's some talent there, and Dwayne Haskins has a future, it looks like. Come back to the NFC North in a moment. AFC, NFC South, the uh, New Orleans Hornets. No, I don't know what I'm saying. New Orleans Saints. 13 and 3. They'll be playing the Vikings. They won their last three games. They were 10 and 3. Now they're 13 and 3. The Falcons end up winning four in a row to wrap up the season. I don't even know why, other than finishing seven and nine and getting a lower draft pick. And just to say, rah rah re, we're seven and nine. It didn't rhyme, but I don't care. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the schmucks. They end up finishing seven and nine with their quarterback throwing 30 interceptions this year. Lots of talent. Lots of offensive. Uh, man, they're an unbelievable offensive team. 458 points, but 449 given up. They were a plus 9 on the season because of the unbelievable offense. Defense gave up a lot. Uh, like I say, Jameis Winston is Dante Culpepper on crack. You know, the huge, huge numbers, but the turnovers up the you-know-what. Um, Culpepper turns the ball over a lot, but not like that guy. That guy's the, the, the king and king of kings when it comes to turnovers, but also lots of talent like Dante Culpepper. Uh, could throw for a bajillion yards, but uh, probably he'll never win anything, unfortunately, similar to Culpepper, though he did beat a fairly weak Saints team in uh, 2001, uh, well, obviously the 2000 season, but 2001 calendar year, in that sense, Carolina lost their last eight games, finished 5-11 uh, and 11 after being solid for a while there, they were what, 5-3, and three? they were very much in the playoff hunt, but they get absolutely obliterated. At the end of the day, terrible 1-5 record. Took good for last place in the NFC South. San Francisco 49ers end up clinching the division title. It could have gone all over the place. I mean, can you imagine the difference? 
Think of how much San Francisco is playing for. Number one seed in the entire NFC, or fifth. Ooh, wow. Seattle would have not gotten a bye. Would have been Green Bay number one. New Orleans number two. Minnesota would have headed to Seattle. It is what it is. I'd rather see San Francisco with the number one seed at the end of the day than Green Bay. You know, I mean, do you really want to see Green Bay with the number one seed? Even though Green Bay would probably lose the Super Bowl if they somehow made it. If they got past the Saints or whoever that would uh, meet up with them. Maybe the 49ers would get that far anyway. Clearly, they're a good team. Uh, they're 7-1 on the road, 6-2 and two at home. They've lost two home games. The most damning number for Seattle, which might have helped Minnesota's cause, even though we just never, magically never win there. Seattle finished 500 at home this year. That's weird. So screw your stupid 12th man, you schmucks. 9-7 and seven for the defending NFC champion Rams, the team that lost the Super Bowl. Played like a team that lost the Super Bowl, 9-7. and seven. Arizona finishes 5-10-1. and one. Now, very quickly, NFC North, Green Bay 13-3, and three, second uh, n- number two seed in the NFC. Pretty good crack at getting to the NFC title game, but they would have to play the Saints if the Saints end up beating the Vikings, and I, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. It's going to be very interesting, but that Packers defense is underrated. You know, it, it is, obviously. Vikings Vikings were, Vikings were had the best plus-minus in the NFC North, 104 compared to Green Bay 63, Chicago 8-8, eight and eight, mediocre whatever. We'll see. I don't think anybody's going to get fired or cut or anything. Anybody major will probably come back next year and best of luck to them. The the, the Bears, of course, Vikings finished 10-6 and six in a year that easily could have been 11-5, and 12-4, and 13-3. and three. Easily could have gone that way for Minnesota. Easily. But it didn't. It just didn't because that's, that's how it goes. You know, that's the NFL and that's the Vikings history. 3-12-1 Detroit. Matt Patricia or the GM, and the GM will not be fired. Okay, point made. Now let's move on very quickly to the wild card round and ultimately, uh, I guess we could call it a, my uh, <laughs> my air bracket because I'm just saying it out in the air. I'm not writing it down, but um, I'll remember it, obviously. Wild card weekend. Let's get to the actual schedule. The good news is the Minnesota Vikings will be playing a nooner on Sunday again, so that's cool. I like that part. The postseason will... Why isn't it here? It was here and it went away because it hurt my feelings. Don't do this to me, please. There we go. So, things will open up in the AFC, as expected, on ESPN slash ABC. So basically, Channel 5, Saturday afternoon, if I'm seeing this correctly. I, I guess I am. Yep, Saturday afternoon, January the 4th. January the 4th, 3.35 AFC Buffalo Bills will be heading to Houston. I think the Buffalo Bills are the better team. These teams are actually kind of similar. you got talented young quarterback, good, strong defense, blah, blah, blah. And um, I don't know. I think the Bills are the better team. I do. I would love to see the Buffalo Bills get it done. Houston, Texas haven't done anything. Bill O'Brien hasn't done anything. Houston's kind of like that typical team that loses right away, kind of like what the Washington Nationals were in baseball for, like, forever until last year when they were the team of destiny. I mean, they did. They did. They really did something last year. I don't think Houston's on the verge of a playoff run. I, I don't see it. I think Tennessee's better than Houston. I think Buffalo's better than Houston. It's just that they're the other, the home team. Maybe they'll respond well after getting their butts kicked and all that. And it was also kind of a, a game that didn't mean anything for Houston as well. It's not. I mean, they weren't going to catch New England. They weren't going to catch the Chiefs. So that's kind of what it was. That's part of the part of the reasoning also why Houston did not play well and Tennessee had everything to play for. So, yes, I'm being fair, being honest. I don't like the Houston Texans, though, even though I love Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, I don't like him. Um, the only reason the Houston Texans would win is because of Deshaun Watson, uh, obviously because, well, he's a better quarterback than they've had ever, so by far. Uh, Buffalo Bills, they got uh, 
Mr. Allen there. I like him. I like what he does. I like Buffalo's defense. I just got a good feeling, a good vibe with the Buffalo Bills. I think they defeat the Houston Texans in advance. So they would be the fifth seed. And, of course, I do think the Patriots beat Tennessee, but I think Tennessee makes it extremely interesting. Love what Tannehill has done thus far. I do think New England does win. Maybe Tennessee does pull off a miraculous upset, but I I just don't see that in the cards. I just don't see it. So to me, I do think New England does get the win over the Tennessee Titans. Just a little bit better. Obviously, it's playoff time now. Things are going to be more serious. I think uh, New England's defense is going to frustrate Tannehill enough, and the Patriots win a low-scoring 17-14 to type of game. It's going to be something like that, maybe 21-17. to Who knows? But uh, I think Buffalo gets past Houston in fairly convincing fashion, like 28-21, uh, something like that. But I think Buffalo does advance as a fifth seed. They'll be the first team to knock out a home team. And New England does advance and moves on to Kansas City, where things get extremely interesting. And then you got uh, Buffalo versus Baltimore. I think we know what's going to happen there. Buffalo will put up a nice effort, but Baltimore is going to end up winning by like a touchdown or two, probably two touchdowns. They go to the AFC title game to play. <sighs> are you ready? Are you ready? Are you going to get mad at me? Are you going to get mad at me? They're going to play the Patriots. I think the Chiefs lose the first. I think the Chiefs lose again. I do. I'm, I'm sorry. New England's been terrible for so long. The last, well, not really. And yet they still finished 12 and 4. Where Kansas City was terrible for so long, and then they finished 12 and 4 because they stepped it up at the end. But I, I just, New England's one of those teams in December. They're going to, I just got that sneaky feeling New England's going to upset the Kansas City Chiefs. And it won't be that big of an upset. It's like they're both 12 and 4. Tom Brady's got six rings, blah, 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 blah. But Baltimore's going to beat New England, though. It's going to be Baltimore at home in the AFC title game over the New England Patriots. I'd be very, very surprised if the Patriots end up winning that game. I just think Baltimore's the better team right now. Uh, John Harbaugh's beaten Bill Belichick in the postseason before. John Harbaugh's got a Super Bowl ring. Uh, Baltimore's got everything going in their favor. They will defeat the New England Patriots in advance to the Super Bowl. And now we'll move on to the other side, though. (laughs) My apologies there. Minnesota and New Orleans, that'll be the last one, of course. Seattle versus Philadelphia. But Baltimore will be waiting for whoever in the Super Bowl. So AFC is done at this moment. Seattle versus Philadelphia. Uh, Okay, this is the very last game of the weekend. So Saturday, it's afternoon and primetime type of thing. Of course, New England Patriots will probably beat the Titans 7 p.m. on CBS. 7, well, 7, 15 p.m., pardon me, CBS Central Standard Time. Vikings, they got the Nooner, which I love. I just love that. Uh, we'll get back to that in a minute, though. The classic 3.30, 3.40 game on NBC. Eagles versus Seattle Sea Chickens. But I think the, uh, of the two birds, I think, unfortunately, the, the Seahawks will fly higher than the Eagles. I don't like the Eagles. I don't like the Seahawks. Both of them piss me off right now. I've I've liked the Eagles in the past. Not in this era, of course. Can't stand them because it wasn't that long ago. Obviously, it's still too soon for me at the end of the day. But I just, I don't know. I think Seattle's just the better team. It's just, you know, Seattle, despite their crappy loss at home to the San Francisco 49ers, well, they're, they're good on the road. And Philadelphia, yeah, they had their little run. But I don't know. So far... Is there really a reason to trust the Philadelphia Eagles will beat the Seattle Seahawks? Maybe they'll tough up, toughen up. It's a tough t- place to play and everything. But Russell Wilson, I just don't trust uh, Philadelphia's defense, their pass defense. Sure, it improved later in the season. That's why they were able to win four games in a row. Completely different team. Momentum, actually, temp- uh, you could say, is on Philly's side. Maybe they'll make a little playoff run. But I, right now, 
I have to pick Seattle, even though, you know, 11-5, and five, blah, 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 I think they're better than that. But I have to pick Seattle right now, and Seattle would then probably end up playing the uh, <laughs> Green Bay Packers. That's my guess, because I just, I'm not feeling too good about New Orleans or Minnesota. I'm not. Uh, historically now, we'll get to New Orleans, Minnesota. Minnesota is 3-1 and one in playoff games with the Saints. Four games already. This will be the fifth meeting between these two. All-time history, Minnesota's 22-12-0 versus the New Orleans Saints. Most recently, the Saints beat the Vikings pretty convincingly during a mediocre, disappointing season just before Halloween there uh, a year ago, October 28th, 2018, 30-20. Not a good game. Kirk Cousins was meh in that game. Uh, again, they had the Minneapolis Miracle. Who can forget that on Jan 14, 2018? Beautiful, beautiful day that was. But the Saints had pretty much had the Vikings beat despite a 17 nothing deficit at halftime, which had the Vikings way, 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 you know, you know, heavily favored with a 17-point lead going into the half. I mean, teams never give up leads like that in the postseason. Like, once in a blue moon. Uh, of course, uh, Sam Bradford led a pretty good team, pretty good, strong Vikings team, nice offense in 2017, and then unfortunately was hurt later on, unfortunately, like the knee kind of started acting up on him, and then he couldn't play. Vikings ended up losing to the to the Steel City and blah, blah, blah. Um, he, it wasn't even if he was hurt in the game, just his knee started acting up because of, obviously, the ACL surgeries in the past. Sam Bradford, Vikings go on to have a miraculous season with Case Keenum, blah, blah, blah. So we actually played the Saints twice that year and beat them both times. A very solid win. A lot of us thought in 2017 with Sam Bradford, a better offensive line in front of him, and just these weapons we have with uh, Thielen and Diggs. And then Delvin Cook was a very exciting addition to that group. And Latavius Murray, he thought, wow, this is going to be a hell of a team. Of course, again, Vikings defense was still very much in its prime, which right now I would say is not. That's why I'm not too confident going into the Saints game. Um, Saints beat the Vikings easily in 2014. So the Saints had beaten the Vikings. Going back to 2009, they'd beaten the Vikings four times in a row, the most devastating game ever. Of course, do look up if you want to, 10 years ago, the what-ifs live on. Probably my best work during podcasting of all time because of the emotion involved in that show. If you're curious, you want to look it up, the what-ifs live on. Luckily, the audio quality was not worse. It gets worse in 2008 because of the, the bad microphone. And in 2011, it wasn't so good either because the, micro, the good microphone was damaged for some reason. So I had a mediocre one for about a year there. I was just not quick on replacing the other one. Because microphones aren't cheap. Uh, Four-game losing streak for the Vikings from 2010 to 2014, including, again, the devastating, heartbreaking NFC title game. That was the only Vikings loss in the playoffs to the New Orleans Saints, which is pretty wild. Um, what's really cool, I'll get to it in a minute, of course, very easy win for the Vikings over the Saints after the 2000 season. Dante Culpepper over Jeff Blake, and the New Orleans Saints kicked some butt there. Uh, it, it wasn't Jeff Blake. It was uh, Aaron Brooks, pardon me. Aaron Brooks, who looked threatening, looked like he had a chance to be something. And not long after that, though, Aaron Brooks was found to be not that great. Uh, 1994, all the way up to 2008, the Vikings won 8 of 9 versus the Saints. But in 2001, yeah, that crappy season, the Saints rolled over the Vikings uh, 28 to 15. That was just a crappy season in general. I don't even remember hardly. That must have been Aaron Brooks, yes. Just rolled over the Vikings at the end of the day, that was in October of that year? Yeah, October 7th. And then you had the extremely frustrating game where the Vikings special teams just fell flat on its ass in 1993. And Jim Mora's club defeated the Vikings 17-14. My brother and all of us very frustrated that day. Vikings still made the playoffs 
with a strong finish, though, beating a pretty good Kansas City Chiefs team. Jim McMahon leading the way there. The history goes all the way back to 68, where the Vikings lost to the Saints and then won six in a row, and you could go on forever. Vikings history has generally been very good against the Saints. But the most exciting win over the Saints at the end of the day, because it helped the Vikings go on a playoff run, still no Super Bowl appearance or no Super Bowl victory, blah, blah, blah. Ugh, was a 44-10 demolition of the Saints in New Orleans. Uh, the 87th Vikings, now of course this was January 3rd, 1988, wild card weekend, so to speak. Vikings ended up finishing with a record that wasn't so good because the replacement team the Vikings had wasn't, uh, it wasn't a replacement team. It was a, let's, you know, not give a crap because the strike will end right away. Everything will be fine, but the Vikings end up getting three extra losses on their record, which screwed everything up. Vikings probably could have been a first-round bye type of team, or at least a home wildcard team that year. Vikings proved to be a way better team than the Saints, which is funny because you look at this bracket. You look at the bracket. What would happen if the Vikings beat the Saints? We'd head to San Francisco. What happened in 1987? See, that's what I'm kind of intrigued by all this. What happened in 1987? The Minnesota Vikings defeated Joe Montana, of all people and uh, knocked the 49ers out in the divisional round after walloping the Saints. The Vikings get past Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Man, that's unbelievable. The most impressive playoff win in Vikings history, I'd have to say. In terms of being an underdog, it was the biggest surprise, I think, ever. Vikings go to the NFC title game. <sighs> Gut it out with that bleeping frickin' Washington Redskins. Back and forth, back and forth, but then ultimately Washington ends up winning the day. Darren Nelson unable to bring bring in an Aaron pass, which was thrown a little short. Uh, just typical Vikings history. And really came up short. Just like that pass from Wade Wilson and that miracle run came up short, and the Washington Redskins went on and walloped a far inferior Denver Broncos team, which the Vikings would have beaten in the Super Bowl. I think everybody on the planet believes the Vikings would have defeated the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. Most people believe the 2009 Vikings would have beaten the Colts as well because the Saints just whooped their butts. And the Vikings were beating the Saints the entire game. Uh, in New Orleans, of all places, in 2009. I mean, we were beating them the whole game. It was a good game. It was a back-and-forth battle, but clearly the Vikings were the better team, except for the bleeping turnovers, which will kill you, obviously. I think we know about that. The Saints capitalized. The Vikings did not, and that's just all there was to say. Vikings get a fumble recovery on the goal line from the bleeping Saints. And then and then one play later, Adrian effing Peterson doesn't even touch the ball. He doesn't even touch the ball. It just falls to the ground. And a touchdown goes from... I mean, you don't even get a field goal out of it. It goes from 7-0. to zero. I mean, really? So just one play. One effing play. Vikings go to the Super Bowl in 2009. <sighs> the one thing that scared the crap out of me is Peyton Manning was undefeated versus the Vikings. And he stayed undefeated versus the Minnesota Vikings. So who knows? Because he beat us with the Broncos years later. So who knows? Uh, who would have won that game? You never know. Maybe the Colts would have beat us. But... There was a pretty good chance the Vikings could have won and ended everything. Once and for all, ended this bleeping uh, drought, curse, whatever you want to call it. But, well, I mean, things are setting up for 1987 all over again. Unfortunately, I just don't think there's this miracle run in this team. I don't feel it. I don't feel the vibe at all. Uh, Kirk Cousins' primetime record, not good. His playoff record, not good. This is not a primetime game, so that's uh, helpful. Record against winning teams, not good. Road games, not good. Road games against winning teams, really not good. You could just go on forever. Um, it doesn't even matter what the record is. It's not good. You know, the exact record. But it's obviously inferior. That's the end of the day. Uh, if he shut up his uh, doubters in this one, 
Then you got to go to San Francisco, which a lot of people would say is like a, a death trap as well. Either one of these is a death trap. It would be in a miracle. It'd be in a very impressive miracle run. And if you don't, I mean, if you do beat both of these teams, you pray to God the Vikings would go to the Super Bowl. But then you'd still have probably a Baltimore, New England, or Kansas City waiting for you. I mean, like 99% chance you get one of those three. And I think it's a good 75% chance you're going to get Baltimore. And right now, I don't see Baltimore beating anybody. I picked the Saints over the Vikings. And I'm not saying it because I want to. I'm saying it because I'm giving you an honest, objective likelihood. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Elvin Kamara, you could go on forever. Ugh, Elvin Kamara. Ugh. You know, he doesn't have the great numbers because he missed a ton of time. Who's going to check Michael Thomas? 17-25 on the season in terms of yardage. Jared Cook's a deadly uh, tight end. Elvin Kamara... I mean, the Vikings get killed in that screen package on occasion, especially if our uh, running backs, or excuse me, our linebackers aren't healthy. Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, we'll see what happens there. One hope is Drew Brees has been very, you know, is very old, and he's shown moments that he's passed his prime. He's shown moments of being beatable. But then the last several games here, he's he's been Drew Brees. He's been absolutely Drew Brees. Only four interceptions on the entire season, 27 touchdowns to go along with a quarterback rating 116.3 despite having a crappy start to the season. Do you, do you realize what I just read to you? 116.3. Teddy Bridgewater was bleeping awesome too in the time he was out there. Nine touchdowns, two interceptions, quarterback rating of about 100. So if Breeze gets hurt or something, I think Bridgewater could be the Vikings too. I'd rather have, I mean, raise your hand if you'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater at like half the price, 14 million a year, maybe 16 tops versus Kirk Cousins 28. Raise your hand. My head's raised. I'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater any day right now versus Kirk Cousins in a playoff game on the road or whatever for less money and, you know, more mobility, even though, you know, you're always scared. You always got that thought in the back of your mind about the knee. But he did an awesome job, and he was fun to watch. Teddy Bridgewater was fun to watch. He really was. God bless Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, can't stand Drew Brees, the smug beha- the smug attitude, especially after the whole Bounty Gate thing came out, completely smug about it. I don't blame him in a way because it's his head coach and the guy's still the coach. Talk about smug, by the way. You don't get smarter, more smug than uh, Sean Payton. But um, I don't know. Um, the guy who would have to be on Michael Thomas in this game is Xavier Rhodes. He's the only one who matches up in terms of size, this and that. Xavier Rhodes versus Michael Thomas, 17-25, folks. 17-25. And the Vikings could have taken Michael Thomas instead of Laquan Treadwell. <sighs> Michael Thomas, Laquan Treadwell, it's a pretty even match, so it's even. I mean, we came out okay. It's just a wash, right? Yeah, uh-huh. About not even 10% of the yards of Michael Thomas. Oh, it hurts. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, that's sports, boy. That is sports. We've been through hell when it comes to that. Elvin Kamara, again, missed significant time. He wasn't that, you know, he, he'd been banged up and all that, but he's a deadly player. He can catch everything. Oh, man, he's a little crazy, a little out of control. He's got kind of an attitude. Obviously, he's talked bleep about us in the past. I just got a feeling the Saints are going to beat the Vikings, and it's not going to be pretty. I got a crappy feeling, something along the likes of 35-21, to 21, something like that. I think it's going to be two touchdowns, and I'm not enjoying it at all. The hope is Marcus Williams can make some big mistakes. Maybe Kirk Cousins puts up some big numbers. Vikings will get at least in the 20s in this game. The Saints are beatable at the end of the day. They're beatable, but I think they're on a run right now. There's a pretty good chance they might go to the NFC title game. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Green Bay, but we'll see. Um, but right now, I have the Saints beating the Vikings. I'm just being honest. So you got the Saints moving on. 
to Green Bay, which would mean the Seattle Sea Chickens would head back to San Francisco, which would be very interesting at the end of the day. But I do believe San Francisco is the better team. I would be pissed off to see freaking Seahawks win. I'm almost hoping Philadelphia wins because I don't think they have a chance versus San Francisco because I'd 10 times pick San Francisco over New Orleans or Green Bay. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Or Seattle. I hate those teams. So San Francisco by far. San Francisco or Minnesota in the Super Bowl is what I'd like to see this year. Oh, man. It's going to be tough, though, for whoever. But in this setup, New Orleans would head to Green Bay, which would be an epic battle. Uh, New Orleans is better than Green Bay, I think. But then again, that defense for the Packers is the reason why they would win. And obviously Aaron Rodgers' clutch ability and the home field advantage is going to do something, obviously. There's going to be a serious home field advantage. It's not going to be like half Saints fans in Lambeau Field. That ain't going to happen. Seattle, San Francisco, epic battle. That's what I think is going to happen. I do think 49ers escape Seattle again. I I just got that feeling. Seattle beat San Francisco earlier in the season. Uh, That's why they would have had the tiebreaker. I think San Francisco gets the job done versus the Seahawks, but very close. I kind of am leaning towards a strong possibility of Saints-San Francisco in the NFC title game. And the Saints, or San Francisco, did take care of the Saints in New Orleans. So if that is the matchup, I I, I kind of believe San Francisco is going to win. And you're going to get a rematch of the Harbaugh Bowl without Jim Harbaugh. That's kind of where I'm going right now. Uh, I, I don't have any team underneath the one, the number one seeds going to the Super Bowl. So Saints could very much get there. Uh, I think they're the most likely wild card team by far to get to the Super Bowl. Seattle's got a lot of talent. They're very dangerous, but they're not. They're not going to beat. They're they're not as good as they were in the past. They're just not. Uh, it's a very beatable defense, and I don't know. Uh, San Francisco and Green Bay have great defenses. New Orleans is just better than Seattle. Just put it that way. They're just better. Their offense is actually better. As de- deadly as Russell Wilson is, I think Seattle, New Orleans would beat them. I think any of the top three teams that beat the Seahawks in, in the playoffs, I think either one of them would win, and they'd have home field advantage. Seattle's generally more dangerous at home, but I, I think they'd be way more dangerous at home in the playoffs than uh, in the regular season, apparently. I'm going to pick San Francisco to win the NFC versus Baltimore, but I think it's going to be the same <laughs> same result with Baltimore winning at the end of the day. That's just my uh, belief at this point. Minnesota versus New Orleans. I mean, the chances for the Vikings to win this game, it's going to take one of those epic efforts and uh, just an off day by Drew Brees. He's just going to have to be off. The Vikings defense is going to have to be 100% on their game, 100%. Like, every bounce of the ball, not literally bounce of the ball, but, I mean, a lot of things are going to have to go right for the Vikings to defeat the New Orleans Saints. Um, you're going to have to get to Drew Brees somehow, some way. You know, pray to God. The Vikings secondary remembers how to play. Knock some balls away. I know, knock the ball away. Uh, Harris, Anthony Harris, getting a, getting a turnover or two, batted away balls, this and that. Uh, Harrison Smith does what he does. Again, knocking the ball away or uh, blitz safety blitz on Drew Brees, getting him from behind, maybe forcing a fumble, something crazy. But it's going to take turnovers. It's going to take an unbelievable effort by the Minnesota Vikings defensively. And, of course, Kirk Cousins to play like a guy on a mission. It's going to take a lot of things going in the right direction. Of course, the Vikings running game. You want to establish the run early if you can, but can you? That's the scary part. New Orleans Saints, obviously, are you know they've been a very deadly team to play against all season. The, the running game is dangerous. Of course, your linebackers are going to have to really, they're going to have to just see the play before it develops with Alan Kamara and just get in front of him right away, knock him down, 
Michael Thomas. It's going to take an unbelievable effort from Xavier Rhodes and, and any type of a help he can get from uh, Harris or Harrison Smith, this type of thing on Michael Thomas. But right now, again, I see the Saints winning the game by multiple touchdowns. That's just my unfortunate, humble opinion at this stage. Um, Marcus Williams has four interceptions on the year, but again, he had another big moment where he got beat pretty badly by uh, George Kittle in the uh, Saints and San Francisco matchup. Uh, Cameron Jordan, the son of Steve Jordan, 15 and a half sacks on the season. He's got to be way up there. Shot to be a Hall of Fame player the way he's going for the New Orleans Saints. He's had a hell of a career already. Um, boy, whew, it's a pretty, very tough team to go against, obviously. Von Bell, Demario Davis leads the team in total tackles. It's going to be a fascinating matchup at the end of the day. Zach Lyon, former Viking, that's fun. He's been there for a little while. Uh, and, of course, Latavius Murray, who got 637 yards on the ground this year with a significant missed time by Kamara. And, um, boy, Latavius is just that solid guy, four and a half yards a carry. And I think the Vikings might struggle against him. Should be, uh, if, if he's going to shoulder a good number of the carries. And he's, he's a really good running back, one of the more underrated guys out there. Right now, again, Saints win by two touchdowns, 35-21 over the Minnesota Vikings. In my humble opinion, with that, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction. Ah, greetings, Joey. Um, I wish you seasonal greetings to you and everybody that listens to the uh, the podcast, and also a happy new year as well. Um, I do apologise for not. Um, being around the last sort of couple of months, but been incredibly busy. And if I'm honest, I haven't really had a lot to say about the team. Um, they've pretty much performed exactly how I thought they would do, and probably many of you as well. They, you know, they're beating the teams with losing records, and they're losing to the teams with winning records, um, which is very well. The word that I think I use so often with this team is they are frustrating. And there's no two ways about it. Um, so it's Sunday. It's Bears game. It's going to be a preseason game. Obviously, a lot of the starters won't be in there. So we have to look forward to uh, the wildcard game and whoever we play. Um, and of course, if they do go one and done, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Do they extend Cousins? Um, personally, I don't think they should. What about Zimmer and Spielman? Um yeah, Spielman's done pretty well at times in the draft, but seems to continually miss out on a quarterback. And as always, the other recurring theme is the O-line and how poorly it plays a lot of the time. Um, if a gun was at my head, I would say keep Zimmer, find a new GM and get rid of Cousins. Although, when I think about Zimmer, it, other than one OC, I don't know if he's had particularly good chemistry with any of them. But um, ultimately, it comes down to um, the record, doesn't it? And I mean, the Green Bay game was atrocious. The Bears game earlier in the season was absolutely dire. Um, so I, I just don't know. I, I'm saddened at the fact that we're still at this stage where we are just good enough to creep into the playoffs and nothing else. Um, only time will tell, won't it? Anyway, my friend, I'm going to go off and... Um, wait for the game skull brothers and sisters and i will come back for the wild card bye for now and as always i cannot thank you enough for that awesome call and thank you so much uh 
Dave Martin, Mad Martin, out of Northern Scotland. Love what he had to say there, of course. I understand completely being super busy. Uh, it's tough sometimes, especially when you're moving around like as much as uh, Mad, Mad Martin does. So it is what it is. Um, also, like the word I would say when you said frustrating, I was thinking you were going to say the word predictable because, yes, like you said, they'll beat the bad teams. They can't ever beat the good teams. And the quote-unquote good teams we beat end up not being that good, like Philadelphia and Dallas. Like we beat them, uh, and that's nice and everything. It's good, but... Uh, you know, it wasn't good enough. You know, like teams like Seattle, you just never seem to show up. Teams like Green Bay, extremely frustrating, extremely. So, well, you, I feel your pain 100%. Season's greetings, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you and yours. Dave Martin, Mad Martin, thank you again so very much for that awesome call. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, always love to give him the floor, let him have a conversation with you, the listeners. So let's get to the Twitter account. We'll hear more from Mad Martin here in a moment. Thought I had this up. I thought I did. It's just a rumor. It's just a rumor that I had it up. Uh, Malcolm McSween retweeted the uh, the 4P is episode 309. Of course, this is 310. He also clicked it like. Let's see. Any other retweets? No, probably. Just not showing. Yeah, they're there. I believe a couple more. Yep. Vinrock Vinstermano. Thank you very much. That's the, uh, yep, that's the guy I mentioned. Always like, happy day. Of course, that was his, that was his uh, host, uh, his co-host there, the the host of uh, the Courtside Podcast, um, Wayne Hunt slash Hank McCoy there. <laughs> the happy days. Yep, they were all laughing, having fun because the Memphis Grizzlies, not only, yeah, they did the worst thing you can do to your general manager, they made him a scout, and he laughed so hard. It was so funny. The Memphis Grizzlies, of course, that would be uh, Wayne Hunt's uh, favorite basketball team. Thank you for the retweet. Lakers, Pies, Browns. That's Vinrock, Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia. Let's see. Okay, gave him a follow there. Now I messed up. They gave another guy. I mean, gave someone a follow there. Uh, yep, Sam Gutma retweeted, or excuse me, liked the recent post. We'll hear from Mad Martin here in a second. Here we go. You're saying, thanks for the gold star, my friend. Another excellent podcast yet again. Thanks for another great podcast season. And you're very, very welcome. He continues, Mad Martin says, Cheers, brother. This game is going as expected. Yep, like a preseason. <laughs> I don't like starters sitting out like a bye week, and we know how that ends most times. Yep, a loss. It never works well for us. They come out rusty, yep, see, and always seem to screw up more often than after sitting out. There is that. There is that. And, of course, you know, we're just a sixth seat anyway. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's almost a shame that we, did, we didn't have something to play for because Green Bay did, San Francisco did, Seattle did, Philadelphia did. Everybody else in the NFC had something to play for. Something. Philadelphia had to get into the playoffs. Uh, yeah, you get the idea. San Francisco needed the number one. Seattle wanted at least number three. Green Bay wanted number two, blah, blah, blah. Or number one, you know, yeah, they first round by. They had something to play for. You know, it's much better to have a first round by than wild card week. Because that's a whole different round there. Uh-huh. And uh, Mad Martin says, keeping an eye on the Packers. They look absolutely awful in Detroit. When Rodgers receivers aren't dropping passes, he's missing them by miles. And that is what was happening. Are they tanking this? If not, our O turns up next week in Green Bay and wins. I wish. Yep. Typical Lions screw up. I don't fancy our chances down in Taints land. Yep, Taints, Taints. Yep, we know who the Taints are. The Saints, he calls them the Taints, and they very much are. I was saying how Seattle's last-minute drives are so annoying to watch. Drives me absolutely nuts. Bring the sucker down. Uh, yep, Malcolm retweeted that one. Yep, thank you, Malcolm. And that's it for Twitter. 
at the moment at Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. Now let's get to Facebook very quickly here. Oh, I thought I had it up. That's great. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Going to give a quick shout out to MN Vikings Haven. They also do uh, in game threads and weekly news, blah, 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 blah. Give, you know, give that a follow. They are kind enough to allow me to uh, post links to Purple Mafia Show on that page, so I am more than obliged to give them a shout out and I encourage you to join that Facebook page as well. Looking for that Minneapolis miracle. That's what I would like. Hopefully we can do it. It'd be a New Orleans miracle, but against New Orleans. You know, an anti-New Orleans miracle post-game thread there. The, uh, it was a pre-off play, pre-playoff game. That's basically what it was. That's what I called it. Pre-season, pre-playoff, pre-post-season, pre-post-season. Any comments on the two, four Ps? Yes, there were. And I'm not seeing them. Come on, guys. Come on now. All comments. What is this thing saying most relevant? Yep. Uh, Sebastian Barton says, purple pussies play pathetic. Yep. It was piss poor pass protection, but no, that was funny. I would say pretty much sums it up. It was, uh, yeah, piss poor pass protection. But, uh, yeah. And yesterday, I don't know, it was just piss poor passing game. PPPG. Yeah, that was funny, right? It was funny, right? Wasn't it funny? Wasn't it funny? Wasn't that funny? No. Justin Mayor Henry out of Colorado says, This game has been hilarious. I do not agree with sitting the starters. It's never worked well for us in the past. I, I know what you mean. They don't get rested. They get out of practice and seem to screw up more after sitting. Yep, Mad Martin agrees with you there. I know that much. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, Strange. Green Bay is behind to Detroit right now. And Miami's beating the Patriots. Weird. Yep, well, Green Bay did what they usually do. Come back and beat Detroit. And Miami did what they usually do. They beat the Patriots again. I guess, right? Vicky says, not able to view this in my area because the Packers are on. And they suck shit. But because the Vikings lost to those shit suckers, they, they get the spotlight. Ouch. <laughs> wow. Vicky, not happy. Ah. Uh, Jeanette was saying she messaged him. So, okay, we'll move forward. Something else is popping up. Vicky says, I do... I do, but I don't think it matters because they will lose today and next week, too. That's all. The Vikings finish seasons by losing. Yep. Kinda. You know, I, I don't really disagree with that. Mark Carlson says, and who could and who could disagree? Exactly. Who? After the loss to the Peckers and now this crap today. Mark Carlson with his own thread here says, I thought after the half we would see a better team. And, of course, not. Is there a reply? Mark Carlson was saying LOL. Or, hear me, Kurt Back out of Lakeville was saying LOL. Brett McCarthy says, Happy New Year's starter sitting in skull, everyone. Happy New Year's to you, Brett McCarthy. Mark Carlson says, Bored. If we can't do something other than give it to the Boone, other than give it to Boone, we can't win. One great play and one stupid fumble. Super stupid fumble. Yep. That's how it was. Extremely frustrating. Kurt Back was saying, Do you agree with sitting healthy starters? A lot of people don't. Uh, Leander Scheiber says Sring needs to start cheering. If only Sring could get a former Letcher cheerleader to cheer, that might have helped. That was interesting. <laughs> I'm talking to her. She was calling out Gerald Sring there. Uh, that was interesting. That was very interesting. <laughs> Mark Carlson says that this is it. A Bears field goal. Oh, I was... I was hoping for double doink. That would have been funny. That would have been funny, yeah. But, of course, that was hilarious. Brett McCarthy, not a fan of Boone. You can see that. He was saying, I never liked him. 
Sebastian says, none of it mattered with how many Bears injuries happened. Glad we got out of there healthy. Yep, 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 yep. Cedric Paulding going to give him a shout-out right here, too, because uh, yep, he says, Skull, Brent, Brent Jacobson is saying, let's go Lions. <laughs> and Gerald String was saying, come on, defense. Yep. Well, at the end of the day, see, Cedric Paulding, the Minnesota Gophers, Minnesota Gophers will be playing the Auburn Tigers. War damn eagle. Yes. Uh, Cedric Paulding, Mississippi. Auburn is in Mississippi. I like Auburn. I like Auburn a lot. I'd rather see them beat like Alabama or whoever. I'd rather see them win their bowl games, but unfortunately for us, Minnesota Gophers have to play Auburn when we play in the uh, Outback Bowl in Tampa, Florida. Minnesota Gophers. So for the first time ever, I'm actually going against Cedric Paulding because of course we're both Viking fans, and I like Auburn. I always I always say, yeah, war damn eagle. So if you're listening, Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi, uh, I have to say, this is the one time I'm going against you. Just one game, but I'm probably, I mean, I think it's kind of like Viking Saints, if you know what I mean. Vikings good enough to be 10-6, and six, at least, if not 11-5, 12-4, but I just think Auburn's a little better, you know, at the end of the day. Not national champions, of course, but significantly better at this stage. Hopefully the Gophers continue to advance in the right direction. Hopefully the Vikings can uh, have a really damn good offseason, maybe get extremely lucky with the next Tom Brady in the NFL draft. Yeah, that would be really nice But because you, you never know. Miracles happen once in a while. Post-game thread and there'll be kind of like a uh, bonus there because it looks like they'll say, you know, the Vikings will be playing the Saints, so that's a bonus thread. Then we'll get to your uh, we'll get to the, uh, what do they call those? The, <laughs> the stars at the end of the show final stars for 2019. Leland Albertson out of Iowa says, worthless game. Can't honestly say I'm excited about next week and it's sad. Wish we could trade up and pick some of the QBs that played yesterday. Oh, yeah. They all look better than Cousins. Anyway, Purple Mafia, have a safe New Year's evening and see you all next year. Dave Hickey, we will stay in Iowa here. A couple of replies coming his way. He says, I knew they would finish off their season like this, pathetic. And I'm sure it will be a one and done. I think so, too. Um, Kurt Back out of Lakeville says, but we had no starters. We know we would lose because the game didn't matter. Hopefully we're all healthy for the playoffs and play well. We might have a chance. One out of a million. So you're saying there's a chance. Yep, like uh, Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. There is. There is a chance. Uh, Leland responds with a little chance. Yeah. There is a chance. There always is. There always is. The New York Giants were not supposed to beat... Uh, I don't even remember who they played in the first round that year, but then they knocked out the Cowboys. That's when you knew something really serious was happening. The Cowboys had the number one seed in the NFC. Ah, oh, that's just 2007. Now I'm curious. Nobody on the planet picked the New York Giants to do anything, and they won the Super Bowl. But again, it's New York City. New York City, you know, yeah, there's still an East Coast team who's seen it all. So that's the thing that you kind of come back with. We're not New York City, are we? We're, we're just not. I God, I wish we were so, so much. So apparently uh, the New York Giants knock off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then they go to Dallas, win 21-17. Epic uh, Ice Bowl 2 with Green Bay, New York somehow that year. Well, I guess they were 10-6, and six, so they had the fifth seed. They were actually weaker in 2011 with the 9-7 and seven record. Then, of course, they had the epic battle in the Super Bowl and all that. So, who knows? Things can happen. Unfortunately, we are not the fifth seed. We're the sixth. Washington got crushed by Seattle. They were the number three. Green Bay easily beat Seattle that next year. That was when uh, Hasselbeck was still playing, I believe. So Seattle was decent that year. Not long after their Super Bowl loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, just two years after. So, yep, that was the Hasselbeck-led uh, Seahawks with Shawnee Alexander and such. Let's move on. Uh, I'm sorry, there's a little chance. 
Elutra Marioni, like that. Uh, they say, that should have been a touchdown by Odenigbo, yeah, yep, or whatever, bleep and replays, didn't show enough co- contact to overturn, Vikings sweep the Chicago bleep show in 2020. I hope so, I hope so. Brent Jake says, I'm not sure, but I think I'd rather go with Seattle next week, though Russell Wilson does scare me, even without a running back. Yeah, they always beat us, but, well, we're, we'll never know now. <laughs> As we meet up with Seattle in the NFC title game, Mark Carlson says, I wasn't expecting such a flat Vikings team. I hate the Bears and their rude fans. They are just as obnoxious as any Cheesehead fan. Now I know we rested many players today, but that doesn't matter. I still expect a win. I guess I have so many thoughts, and they aren't organized as I make this post. Anyway, skull to all my friends here on Purple Mafia. Happy New Year. Mark from Iowa. Thank you very much. Dave Hickey responds with... I didn't expect a win, and that was with Cousins playing. Was with Cousins playing, so with a backup, hell no. I can't even begin to rant about how horrible they end out their season every freaking year. So enough negativity. Have a happy new year. Thank you very much. Ah, uh, who? There was a reply. There was a reply. Where did it go? Oh, yeah, Mark Carlson says, Happy New Year to you, too, my friend. All right. Brett McCarthy says, Second string, meaningless game. What can I say? We have depth on the D-line, at least. Yes, we do. Very much so. Uh, Kurt Back says, I still have hope for the playoffs if we are all healthy. Is that crazy? (laughs) Leland responds with a little. Ha! That's funny. Sebastian Barton says, Typical Keenum blind pass. (laughs) Stella Star Thomas out of Hawaii says, I can live with that versus playing scared. Man, Russell Wilson players are dropping like flies, but he continues to put the team on his back. Yep. Ben McCarthy wraps this up saying, wow, on these other Vikings pages, they want Zimmer fired. Crazy. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know where to go with that one. I'm extremely frustrated. So I was saying, let's hope for a Minneapolis Miracle 2.0 because the Vikings will be playing the Saints. Laurie from North Dakota says, how about a Viking, I mean, how about a game for a change where we play four solid quarters of offense and defense and don't need a miracle? I was saying that would be much better, yes. And wouldn't it, though? Wouldn't it, though? Celester Thomas says, they will be pissed. I hope I'm wrong, but we may get blown out. I just don't trust Cousins to put the team on his back if things start to go south. And I, I, I don't either. I don't either. Felice says, you took the words right out of my mouth because I don't trust Cousins either. Uh, South Star Thomas responds with, uh, you can see the fear on Cousins' face. Exact same look as Ponder. He just needs to get that out of his head. And I agree. I wish he could. I really wish he could. Uh, he needs to do something, says Felice. Yes, uh, very much so. Just a couple more comments. Mike Feller, Stu Evans. One and done. I didn't think... Excuse me. One and done. I didn't have so much money invested in Vikings gear. I might pick up a winning team. This I might pick pick up a winning team. This is getting old every season. Let down after let down. The way we played the last couple of weeks, there's no way we're going anywhere in the playoffs. I know it's pessimistic, but I'm a realist. I am too. Yeah, I, I feel you there. I live in the real world. Zimmer must go. He. Can't get the team ready for for the big game. Spielman must go. He can't draft a competent quarterback. Yep, so that's an interesting one. Um, oh, Trey Buckles. Oh, yep, Trey Buckles says, uh, we are all okay if you want to jump ship. We don't need Fairweather fans. <laughs> oh, yep. 
I mean, I, I'm not jumping ship. Don't worry. None, none of us are jumping ship. It's just frustration. Um, maybe he was, yeah, but I missed the, the different gear, like Patriots or 49ers or something. 49ers gear is awfully cool looking. But, yeah, I mean, I get the pictures. I get it there. Uh, if anything, they're just a, a rooting interest. They, if the Vikings are out, I want them to win the NFC. I do. It's a rooting interest thing. And I'd be very happy to see San Francisco get another Super Bowl, uh, say, if the Vikings are not available. Uh, I wish the Vikings were available. So I'll look at it that way, uh, Trey and others. Uh, Dave Hickey wraps up Facebook saying, I feel you, Mike. Too much Vikings gear to give up on them, although I've wanted to several times. I'm just not wired that way. Zimmer, I think we should ride out one more year. As with Spielman and Cousins, let them all walk together after, I'm sure, another failed season. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like after next year, that could be it for all three, possibly. It's a tough go. Uh, you know, just extend them for one more year again, like we did last year, where it was kind of like a one-year extension, so there's a little bit of, you know, a tiny bit of something. They're not, like, in a lame-duck season next year. Because, yeah, that's the final year of their contract, all three of them next year. I do not give uh, Kirk Cousins an extension. I do not give Kirk Cousins an extension. I just won't. Uh, Mark Carlson says, if the Vikings get by the Saints... Just where do you think they're going? This isn't a Super Bowl team. Yeah, they'll, they'll have to go to San Francisco. I know that much. And, well, I don't know. Maybe we pull off an 87, but hopefully we do more than 87. That'd be even better. Ah, oh, man, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, like they said, it's just, this isn't a bandwagon thing, so I hope Trey doesn't think I'm a bandwagon guy when I say this. Gun to your head, they all stay or they all go. Uh, if it's a gun to your head thing, when it comes to Zimmer, Spielman, Cousins, I say they all go. I say they all go because even though it's extremely risky, it's a roll of the dice. But status quo right now, yeah, you make the playoffs sometimes, but you don't do much. And it's just the same old frustration. Sometimes, you you know, sometimes that's just how it is. You roll the dice with a new GM, a new coach, and a, a new quarterback via the draft or whatever. Or maybe you get Teddy Bridgewater back somehow. Um, but I'm guessing it's going to be too little too late because... You you have Cousins still for one more year, and Teddy Bridgewater is a free agent now. So Teddy Bridgewater might be out of the question, unfortunately. Uh, man, maybe he's the quarterback of the future for the Saints, the almost immediate future, if Drew Brees maybe hangs it up at the end of the season, which he might. He's passed every record now, you know, and if he wins the Super Bowl, I'm almost certain he'll step away because he'll still be at the top of his game at age 40. Uh, I don't know how greedy he is. Like Tom Brady, as much as... The, I love what he's done over his career. He is a bit on the greedy side. I think that's pretty obvious. Like, why do you need to keep coming back? <laughs> as great as you are, you don't have to keep coming back every couple of I mean, every single year until you're like 50 years old. So there's that too. It's going to be almost impossible to pass out the stars this week. <clears throat> there's some good ones. I think Mike Fillers, Stu Evans deserves something kind of a star. I think Dave Martin deserves a star. Dave Hickey deserves a star. We could go on all day. Mike Carlson deserves a star. <clears throat> Everyone does. Uh, Celestar Thomas, I think, deserves a star. Good Lord. It's going to be tough. Uh, gold star for this episode? Boy, is it tough. Oh, man. Gold star for this episode. Uh, even, yeah, like Leland deserves a star. You know, they all, so many people do. Interesting. Uh, Lori is going to get at least a bronze, though, because that's a good positivity there. I'll give that to Lori. Uh, she's going to, from North Dakota, she'll get a bronze star, so that's a done deal. Oh, gold star. Where should we go for this one? Mm, 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 mm. Mm. Where should we go for this one? Uh, Trey Buckholes, yep, I always appreciate uh, that you love the team and everything. You know, so I, I appreciate your listenership to this show, too, very much. Trey Buckholes, awesome guy. I uh, understand your frustration. 
Gold Star is going to go to Dave Hickey. I think he's awesome throughout the entire show. Love what he had to say, the passion, showing the passion, the frustration, the honesty. Uh, Mad Martin's going to get a gold-plated silver, basically. The calling, awesome tweets, awesome honesty. He almost could share the gold with Dave Hickey. I'm going to give it to Dave today. So it's going to be Dave and Dave, basically. <laughs> Dave Hickey is going to get the gold, uh, gold-plated gold silver star for uh, Dave Martin, Mad Martin. Um, Stella Star Thomas is going to get a silver star. Laurie is going to bring in a bronze along with Mark Carlson, going to bring in the bronze star, and Leland. Leland's going to also get a bronze star. Awesome conversation, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for being so great for so long. Yet another year comes to a close, and, well, this is my second decade covering the Vikings already. <laughs> because, obviously, well, the first decade was short, 2008-2009. But uh, you had a division championship, and then a uh, NFC title game appearance in 2009. You had all that stuff. Uh, I'm not going to necessarily go decade in review. It's kind of, like, not the time for that right now been a long show already um and it's not you know i mean was it so memorable was it was it that memorable he has to know he had crappy seasons i mean i'll kind of very briefly go over it i guess you could say 2010 was disappointing to say the least very disappointing he saw children's go he saw Favre get hurt real bad and never play again obviously well he was going to retire anyway uh he didn't want to come back but he figured out oh, what the hell uh he knew right away it wasn't going to work moss coming back that was a disaster no, no disrespect meant it just was, wasn't the right time, wasn't the right place, wasn't the right fit. You could go on forever about that one. Um, seems like yesterday, but it's nine years ago. 2011 was an absolute, utter disaster. 12 was fun, a nice little jump up. Come, you know, that conservative stay-at-home defense that doesn't really go for turnovers in 2012 and Ponder had by far his best year. We actually were sad to see Ponder not play in a playoff game. That's how good Ponder was against Green Bay, at least in the Dome that year. And you saw him like it hurt, you know, have the bruise on his arm. He couldn't play. And Joe Webb was an utter disaster. You could just go on forever. 14, you saw, or excuse me, 13 was all over the place. One of the weirdest seasons ever. Weak defense. Jared Allen was past his prime. It was one of the weakest defenses you ever saw. Uh, guy after, uh, along with 2011, was real bad as well. But 2013, a terrible defense. And you saw Leslie Frazier let go after a weird season. With, uh, I, don't even want to, I don't even know where to go with it. <laughs> a crazy quarterback we had for one game against the Giants. He was throwing the ball everywhere. Everywhere but two receivers. Just a disaster. Old Josh there. Josh, I, I don't even know. That was a weird season. Um, Very weird season. Oh, gosh, that guy was crazy. Uh, Ponder, you saw Ponder, you saw Matt Castle. Then 2014, you saw Teddy Bridgewater make his debut after Matt Castle started the season and it was so much fun, so much positivity at the end of that year. Strong, way stronger defense with a lot of the same players, but some of them getting a tiny bit older after rookie seasons, mediocre to below average rookie seasons in 2013. And then 15 was a big jump up. We saw all the uh, underdog type performances turn into like all of a sudden we're favored. Like we're actually first place. We might have a first round bye, blah, blah, blah. We wind up with the number three seed and blow it with Seattle. Uh, that was disappointing. Golden opportunity. You never, you never want to see Blair Walls again. 2016, we finally do get rid of him. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Guys getting hurt. Bridgewater, of course, had the knee situation that just came out of nowhere. It was the most heartbreaking thing ever. Sam Bradford comes in, has a very respectable season. Vikings start 5-0. and You get the you know historic defense we're getting compared to the 85 Bears. And then Mike Zimmer calls out his team after losing in Philadelphia by like the skin of their teeth. He calls them soft. 
Next thing you know, the Vikings started losing like crazy. Vikings missed the playoffs. Bradford plays every game, which is pretty impressive for him. 2017, great strong start. Things were much more positive. You get a real training camp with uh, Sam Bradford. He's a free agent, so he's going to really play his best. Next thing you know, his knee gets super sore. The same knee that had been worked on. And then it's Case Keenum, blah, blah, blah. He starts off terribly, looks awful. You lose at home to Detroit, which ended up costing the Vikings the number one seed in the playoffs. Little did we know that's what was happening. Same time Delvin Cook sees his knee pop on him. That was heartbreaking. But then the Vikings have an amazing season. You win like eight, nine games in a row. Unbelievable. Beating teams like the Falcons, the Rams. You were, we were actually beating legitimate good teams that year. 13-3 and three record, number two seed. You uh, are crushing the Saints like I talked about. You end up almost blowing it. And then you have the Minneapolis Miracle and get destroyed by Philadelphia. And it's been meh ever since. You overpay for Kirk Cousins because you don't want to trust Keenum. You don't trust uh, Bridgewater's knee. So you go way, way overboard with Kirk Cousins. You're way overpay, which was still miraculously less than what the Jets offered to Kirk Cousins. He comes here with a big smile, the big corporate smile. Uh, sounds interesting, but then not really. He's just, you know, like robotic almost the first year. Significantly better after a weird start, really weird start to this season. Significantly better this year. But then it kind of ends similarly. Uh, so far, we'll see. But we actually get to see Kirk Cousins in a playoff game, so we'll see what happens. One thing i got to give to Kirk Cousins is the son of a gun is durable. So major credit to him there. And that's where we'll wrap up this decade with Purple Mafia. It's been a lot of fun covering the Vikings over the course of time for you. I've enjoyed it. I'd like to keep coming back. The show never really exploded into this 40,000 listener show, but it, it gets in the thousands, but it's nothing like that. I, I, I wish it could be. I wish it could be. Maybe I don't market it enough. Maybe just the wrong, the right person hasn't heard it, or they're just, who knows? Maybe the right person heard it, but they didn't care, because this day and age there's like a million podcasts, and that's the frustrating side of it. It just is what it is. It's so, you know, <laughs> it's a blender, you know, of podcasts out there now. Regardless if your show is good or not, it's just kind of like luck of the draw at this point. If you so happen to have friends in, you know, on Score North or KFAN, that will uh, maybe bring you on their shows, you're, then your show will blow up. That's just a fact. Unless you're terrible, your show will blow up. But I don't have friends at KFAN. I don't have friends at Score North. Maybe some of you out there might, if you're listening, maybe let them know. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. It is what it is. Uh, I didn't necessarily start the podcast for fame and fortune and blah, 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 blah. I started it because I like doing radio. I started it because I thought that I have the knowledge and the passion to do a show about the Minnesota Vikings, about the Minnesota Timberwolves, about the Minnesota Wild. I thought I could bring something that maybe other shows don't, a little extra honesty, maybe just a little different angle, because everybody's got a different opinion, a little different angle, this and that. So that's why the show started. That's why I'm still here. And, well, it's something to enjoy. You know, if I'm making money, if I'm not making money, I still enjoy doing it. And it'd be really, really tough to step away at the end of the day from any of the shows. It's tough. It's tough to step away, and I can't do it right now. I cannot. Uh, the, the the dream lives on, so to speak. With that said, I wish all of you a safe and happy New Year's. I Let's just say I hurt myself a bit a couple days ago, slipping on ice. You know, it's one thing if you slip on ice and you land on a flat surface. I'm sure it hurts a little bit, like if it's concrete. But when it's concrete steps, concrete steps, as in the corner of the steps, you jab into you really hard. As, you're, as you land the right way, because if you put your hand out, you might break your bone, break your wrist, break your arm. God knows what else might happen. And thank God I didn't land on my head either, one way or another. That could have been really bad. 
But uh, let's just say I'm badly bruised in my lower, not on the front side, but the lower area, lower back and such. It's uh, pretty bruised, but uh, nothing's broken. It just hurts like hell. And uh, well, uh, we'll live to see another day. Stay safe out there. I was not walking quickly, but the stupid ass stairs here are slanted down slightly. So when you start to slip, there's nothing you can do. You're going downward. And next thing you know, your body is just going to keep sliding and it's too late. There was just nothing I could do. The only thing I could have done is maybe check a little little more, be a little more observant, check because there's a big bucket of salt right next to the door. So I could have saved myself a little bit of pain, just a little bit, maybe a lot of pain, which I'd say it is a lot. But, uh, well, it's just stay safe out there. Thank God I didn't break anything. And uh, don't you break anything either. Stay safe on the roads as well. As well, this time of year, the weather is all over the place. Usually it's super cold around New Year's. But this year it was warm for a little bit, so now you bring in the cold combined with the warm, and we all know what that can do. It's, uh, well, <laughs> it's 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 uh, hockey season everywhere. Let's just leave that as is. Go, go Vikings. Hope they can defeat the New Orleans Saints. Hopefully, uh, fun final thing, I might as well tell you how to get to the phone lines like Mad Martin did if you're so interested in doing so. Just use the uh, free recording application on any smart device on the planet. Click record on it. Treat it like a phone call. Save it and send it to Live at yahoo.com. Live at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an mp3 file thanks to Zamzar or Converto.com. Would be greatly appreciated. And then you will uh, lead off the uh, fan interaction segment with me. It's playoff time. I'll probably hear from Mad Martin again because he said he'll be back. So if he's able to, that'd be great. If not, I understand. But love to hear from Mad Martin. Love to hear from those of you out there as well. Mark Carlson, Gerald String, any of you, more than welcome to do that. But uh, all the information will be in the show description, the email address for copy and paste or whatever you want to do. With that said, God bless you. Take care and see you in 2020.